My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 189. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking all things live events. Now, for some of you, at least some of you that follow me religiously, me talking about live events might seem a little bit odd because if you know me, in the last few years, I've made an effort to be very selective about the events that I attend. And most of you might think that I don't actually do any live events for my own business but that's not entirely true. Each year, over the last four or five years now, I have done live events in San Diego for my B-School bonus members. I've been doing these for many years, but I don't talk about them publicly because they are for a select group. When you buy Marie Forleo's B-School program through my affiliate link, I create a really special over-the-top bonus package that includes a live event That is no cost to you. So I've been doing these for a while now, but like I said, I don't talk about them publicly because they are for a very small group of people. However, this fall, I wanted to try something a little bit different. And so I decided to invite my general audience that maybe has been in one of my other programs to my live event. So we opened it up this year and the plan was to do two different one day live events called the Entrepreneur Experience here in San Diego. So for those of you who attended my October event, thank you so very much. It was such an amazing experience and that's what I'm going to talk about today in this episode. Now, I wanted to kind of back up a little bit. The reason why I decided to open up my event beyond my B-School bonus members this year was because 
because as you might already know, I talked about it in episode number 188, all about my year of automation. I feel that doing a lot of automation this year kind of separated me from my audience. I didn't get that real time in real life kind of interaction with many of you. And so doing a live event allowed me to get closer to you and really learn about what you're all about, what you're working on, your challenges, your struggles, and actually be with you in real life. So that's just a whole different kind of experience. So I wanted more of that. And that's one reason why we opened up my live event. Also, I don't do events a whole lot. So I wanted to give my students an opportunity to come out and connect and hear from me in person, even if you weren't part of B-School this year. So again, I think it's important to try things in new ways, do things differently. And I wanted to experiment in that way. Now, as I mentioned, I've already done one event. By the time this recording goes live, now that I'm mega batching, also a podcast episode I've done just recently, but this episode will go live after my second live event of this year. And with that, I thought, I want to share some things that really worked well. And I also want to be candid about some things that I would change my next time around. And I think that is with every live event. So if you're going to do a live event, you will always find wins and you will always find ways to make it better. And if you're thinking about doing a live event, I thought, well, I should share my wins and my misses so that you can apply them to your own events as well. And by the way, this isn't just me and my staff saying, hey, that was a great event and pat ourselves on the back. We actually did surveys afterwards and we talked to a lot of people during the live event. So we knew from our attendees what worked really, really well, what they were gushing about. And we also knew what we could change based on some feedback. So everything I'm going to share today with you came from my live attendees based on either verbal feedback or their surveys because we sent a survey after the fact. Now, a little side note before I jump into all things live event, and that is that next year in 2018, I'm considering going back to my roots and only offering my live event to my B-School bonus members. And I actually might even open it up to my alumni B-School bonus members as well, which will be really fun. Now, you might be thinking, Amy, why are you going to do that? Why would you only open it up to a certain group? I do think there's something kind of magical around having an event around a program where everybody is speaking the same language. They've gone through the same experience. They've had similar challenges and they can all help each other based on the content that they all have learned over, let's say, a year's time. And so I really love that dynamic and I'm considering going back to that in 2018. So if you've ever thought about joining B-School, I really want you to take it seriously in terms of making a decision in this coming year. And if you want to know about my B-School bonus package, we've already started to work on it and it's better than any year I've ever offered a bonus package. If you want to know about what I'm offering in my bonus package and you want to be alerted the minute B-School opens up again in 2018, then make sure to get on my wait list. It's at amyporterfield.com forward slash B-School amyporterfield.com forward slash b-school. 
B meaning business, and I'll make sure to reach out to you the second that the doors open up again. So just wanted to put that out there in case you had any interest in this very special program and my very special bonus package. Okay, but no decisions are final just yet. I've got a little time to figure it out, but I just kind of wanted to put that out there in case you were interested. All right, so let's get to it and talk all things live events. I'm going to start out with three of my big wins from the live event, and then I'm, of course, going to get into some of those messy missteps along the way because those are important as well, right? Now, this episode is devoted to my friend, Tyler J. McCall. He's a devoted listener to my podcast, and while I was writing the outline for this episode, he sent me a DM and said, Amy, are you going to do an episode on your podcast about live events? that pretty much made my day. So I'm going to start giving some shout outs to some of my devoted listeners and Tyler J. McCall, you get the first shout out, go follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of great things to share. Okay. So win number one is the overall experience. I believe that the best events delivered the best overall experience. And in order to create an overall experience, I think you need to layer some really cool elements. And so I thought I would share some of the elements that I layered to create an experience where people felt connected with each other, they felt taken care of, supported, and really empowered when they left the event. So the first element was a gift. I actually put on everybody's seat before they entered the room a special booklet, and that booklet was a guide, actually three different guides, all about list building, course creation, and webinars. Specifically, each of the guides was 60 days to build your email list, 60 days to create your course, and 60 days to get your webinar up and running. They were really, really detailed guides. We spent months and months creating these, and they were beautifully designed and in a really nicely packaged booklet that everybody could take home with them. I kind of liked the element of something physical that they could put in their bag and they could leave with. Because for me, I don't just want you to sit in your seat and learn a bunch of stuff that I'm going to teach you from stage. I want you to leave with a plan. And so to ensure that you left my live event with a plan, you got these three different guides and one booklet that you could attack in any way that you wanted. So that was the first thing. Right when they came inside, they saw the gift right there waiting for them at their table. And another thing we did is we actually had seat assignments. And that was a really cool element where everybody filled out a survey before they came into the room. And then my team actually spent hours, and I mean hours, going through every survey and figuring out who should sit next to each other in order to make those different tables that everybody was at really valuable for each of my attendees. They were going to be able to sit next to people that were either at the same level that they were at or doing similar things, or we saw some really good possible synergy between them. And so not only did they come into the room with a gift at their table, but there were seating assignments. And right away, I told them, you are exactly where you are meant to be. And I think that added an element of, okay, I can just relax. Amy took care of it. This is going to be a great experience. 
experience. So overall, the takeaway from a gift and the seed assignments in general is that it's just really important that right away when people walk in the room, they feel like they are taken care of. They are right where they should be because, you know, people get really, really nervous when they go into a new environment at a live event, not really sure who they should talk to. They don't know anybody. They want to go back to their hotel room and hide. I get it. I've been there before. So we wanted to take that element off the table and add a cooler element of let's all connect. I've got your seat for you. You are right where you should be. And here's a special gift to kick things off. And when you leave, you now have a plan. Like right from the get-go, that was decided. Okay, so moving on to the second element to create this extra special experience, we call it the feeding frenzy. Oh my goodness, we had enough food to feed people at every minute of the day. Now, what that meant was we provided breakfast for everybody, and then we had snacks throughout the day, and then we provided lunch for everybody as well. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted everyone to stay in the room where we were doing the live event to encourage networking, to encourage everybody to connect. So they didn't have to go anywhere for lunch. We provided it. We had snacks all day, like I said. And I think it's also important to have coffee and tea and water throughout the day. So we supported everyone and they stayed right there because it was just a one day event. So I had no time to waste with them. I needed to pack it all in. And so I realize that when you're just starting out, providing food may be a luxury. You might not be able to do that, but maybe you could do little treats or you could bring in a food truck right near your venue. I know the ladies at Business Boutique did that in Nashville where they brought in a food truck or a few food trucks while the event was going on so people wouldn't have to go far. That was another cool element that you don't have to pay for it, but you're making things easier for your attendees. Or just if you could provide tea and water and coffee throughout the day, also really important. It just adds an extra special touch. So the food frenzy was a good thing. Number three, extra opportunities to connect. So even though the event was just for one day, we actually provided an impromptu meetup on Friday night, and then we offered a Sunday breakfast the next morning. This did cost more. So again, if cost is an issue, this might not be something you want to do. However, it was a really cool thing to kind of bookend the event. We started off the night before chatting, meeting, taking pictures. It allowed everyone to kind of ease into the event. And then the next morning, we provided the breakfast so everybody could talk again and come together if their flight hadn't already taken off really early that morning. So having these extra opportunities, a really good idea. Now, they actually were last minute ideas that I didn't get to tell everybody in advance. Very, very important that you tell everyone in advance because I know some people were bummed. They would have stayed a little longer on Sunday morning if they had known just stuff we learn along the way. I didn't want to pass up on the opportunity when I heard that we had that opportunity last minute, but of course it's best to let everybody know in advance. So the takeaway here is if you can add more opportunities for people to connect before or after, by all means do it. And it doesn't mean you have to provide the entertainment or the food. You could designate a bar or designate a restaurant where everybody can meet up in advance. It does add an extra element of connection. And I really loved that. So you can find your own way to do it. 
And then number four, letting loose and having a little fun is very important in any live event, in my opinion. And the way we did that is we actually provided a fun photo booth. At first, when my team said they wanted to do this, I thought, really? I don't know if anyone's going to use it. I just, I wasn't really sure about the photo booth. Oh my gosh, it was a huge hit. So of course we had the fun props and somebody manned the photo booth the whole time to help anybody. And because the images were digital, they could then post it on social and use my hashtag for the live event. That was a huge win. And the way we did it is if somebody posted using the photo booth and then they posted using the hashtag, we actually put those images on the screen during the break and I would find my favorites and then those people would win access to one of my online courses. So it was kind of fun that we did prizes based on the photos they took in the photo booth and using the hashtag. So it fostered engagement online and it made it fun inside the room as well. So those were some of the fun takeaways that we incorporated into the event to layer the elements to create a special experience. Okay, moving on to win number two, it's all about the content. Now, you may think that this is a given, but trust me, you can't make your content a given. You gotta work at it for your attendees. And there were a few aspects, I think, that set us apart from most events based on what we heard from the surveys. So number one, we had a lot of Q&A opportunities. So I had three speakers. Rick Mulready was there to talk about Facebook ads, My business partner, Devin Duncan, was there to talk about launching, and then I talked about content creation. And after each of us spoke, we opened up two microphones on the floor for a good 15 to 20 minutes for just Q&A. And I really encourage the attendees to stand up, come to the mic and ask your questions. And I baited them a little like, come on, you can do it. You're going to be really mad at yourself if you don't take the opportunity to ask your questions. And we also said we are answering every question today. So we're going to make time. We're going to find the time. If you've got a question, we've got an answer. And we really went out of our way to do so. So I think those Q&As after each session were incredibly valuable and we made sure that we had time in our schedule to do Q&A after each presentation. So the takeaway here is don't just do a typical Q&A. I'd say set some mics up, let people come to you or you go out to them in order to make it really interactive and do your best to answer every question possible. Now, the number two win as it relates to content is that Rick Mulready, who you all know is a dear, dear friend of mine. He hates it when I say that we're like Regis and Kathy Lee on the podcast we do together, but I think it's true. We have some good energy together and he graciously agreed to speak at my event. But listen to what the guy did. This was incredible. In the Q&A time, he offered great value, but he also said, if you are running ads and you're spending at least $500 a month while I'm here, I'd be happy for you to open up your computer and show me your ads account and we can look around if I could offer any extra advice during the lunchtime or during the breaks. So he literally extended this to everybody and I thought that was incredibly gracious of him. So a big shout out to Rick and thank you for going above and beyond just the typical Q&A to help out people that were there in the audience wanting to hear from you. 
So when you're thinking about who you are going to invite to your event to speak, make sure you think about how they will interact with your audience. And if they are willing to give more than they receive, they're likely going to be a really good fit for your audience. But that's something that I want you to think about before you invite anybody to speak at your live event. Okay, moving on to win number three. So win number one had to do with the overall experiences and the elements that we added. Win number two had to do with the content, the Q&A, Rick delivering even more than I expected. And win number three is about connection. Now, I've already mentioned that I don't get a lot of chances to connect with my students face-to-face over the course of a year. And so because of that, this event was a really big opportunity for me to do so. So before I actually went onto stage, I said to myself, my goal today is to meet every single person in the room, say hello to them, shake their hand or give them a hug and just talk to everybody in the room. Now, I knew that that probably wasn't going to be possible. We had a little over 100 people in the room, but that was my mission. So hopefully I got to the majority of you that came to the October event. In December, it's going to be a little bit harder because there's about 150, 160 people coming. But still, it's always my mission to get to everybody. And also, one thing I loved is that in the surveys, many of you said, I can't believe how much access we had to you. Well, that it helped that I did the night before, did the impromptu meetup, so I could go around and meet people there. And then the next morning, we had breakfast, and it was a smaller group because not everybody could come. So my goal was to sit at almost every table possible in the breakfast area and say hello and get to connect. So this had to be my mission as the leader of this event. And I think that makes a difference. How many events have you gone to where you had no contact whatsoever with the speaker or like a quick selfie that was so rushed, it almost felt awkward. Like that has happened to me many, many times. And I didn't want that type of experience. So just know that that was definitely my big goal. And I hope that you will make it your big goal as you do your live event. So the takeaway here is connect meaningfully with every person in the room, or at least make a really big effort to do so. Also, one more thing. We did a VIP cocktail hour after the live event had ended, and you had to pay extra to be part of this cocktail hour because we wanted it to be really small and intimate. And I invited James Wedmore and his beautiful wife, Chelsea, from Laguna Beach to come to the VIP cocktail hour. Jasmine Starr was invited. She was there as well. And of course, Rick was there and Devin and myself and my entire team. And what's cool is that Jasmine actually said to me after the event, Amy, I made it my mission to say hello to every single person in that cocktail hour. She said, I don't know if I got to everybody, but I made it my mission. And I realized, oh my gosh, if I keep attracting people in my world that have similar values and they care as much as I do, that's just going to create a better experience for my audience. So the fact that she said the exact same thing that was my goal for the day, I thought jackpot. That's just so very cool. So hopefully if you were at the VIP, you had a wonderful experience. It was really special. 
Okay, so now let's get to the gritty, messy misses that definitely happened along the way. Some of them might not have been really obvious to my attendees, but some of them might have been. And I don't think any event's going to be perfect, so I didn't want to hesitate to share any of this with you. So the first miss was actually my content. Now, that might seem a little bit weird to some of you because I said one of the wins was actually the content in terms of doing the Q&As after each presentation and actually going above and beyond to answer so many questions. But the miss for me is that I delivered some brand new content around hiring a content coordinator. And I actually think I confused some of the people that were in the audience in the sense that I didn't explain it in the way that I wanted to explain it. I should have started out with the why. Why was I teaching about hiring a content coordinator and then getting into the how? I'm really quick to jump to the how because I am a step-by-step how-to kind of girl. So sometimes I need to slow down and make sure I paint the picture of the why. So I share this with you for two reasons. Number one, if you are going to be presenting on stage and it's some new content you've never presented, make sure that you really start with the why and people understand why you created this for them and why it matters to them. And then, of course, jump into the how. Now, I'm also telling you this because for those of you who were there in October, I'm actually going to send you a revised presentation that I'm doing in December. So I'm just going to record it for you and you'll just hear my voice and see the slides. I want to explain to you this idea of hiring a content coordinator in a different way. And so if you were there in October, you are going to get an email sometime in late December with a new recording and it's just going to be better than what you experienced in October. So I wanted to give a shout out. So any of you listening that were there in October, just a little extra surprise is coming your way. But I also wanted to share that with all of you listening, because there's always a way to correct something, to make it better, to fix a challenge that you experienced. And it might just be as simple as, hey, I'm going to do a redo. So that was one of the things. I just didn't love how I delivered that content and I want to make it right. Okay, moving on to miss number two, and this one has to do with the Q&A. Now, I know I said that the Q&A was actually a win, and it was in terms of scheduling time for Q&A after the presenter delivered their content so that the Q&A could be really relevant to the topic that was just presented. That was a win. However, we also did a Q&A panel at the end where I invited all the speakers to come on stage and then we answered any and every question from the audience. The challenge was that some people asked questions that were really specific to themselves, meaning that the answer that we had for them would not be relevant to anybody else in the room, but just them. And this was a big room of a lot of people, and I felt that some of the responses dragged on, they weren't valuable to everybody, and there was just a few awkward moments in that Q&A panel. So the team came together, and we said, we've got to do this different next time. And so what we decided is we're going to put a special box in the back of the room. And early on into the event in December, I'm going to say that at the end, we're going to do a special speaker panel Q&A. And if you have a question for us, put it in the box in the back. So anytime a question pops up that you think this panel would be really great in terms of responding to your question, put it in the box. And then we're going to choose the best questions, maybe like the 10 best questions to answer from the panel. 
That way we can ensure that the questions are going to be valuable to everybody in the room and the questions will be really relevant to the expertise of the speakers. That's also important so that we can add value beyond anything anyone expected, which is what we want to do. We want to knock their socks off with really great responses. So we have to curate some of the questions in advance. I think it's going to make for a better experience and put a little bit more structure to that final Q&A panel. So it's something to consider for your own live event that might be incredibly valuable in terms of structure around a Q&A panel. Okay, so moving on to the final miss, and this one had to do with my live event attendees wanting more. And this was definitely a quality problem, but at the live event and in the surveys, people asked for at least a two-day event versus a one-day event. And I have to agree, I think they're on to something. And the reason for that is because people traveled from Australia and India and the Netherlands to come to this event that was just one day in San Diego. And that's a long way to travel for a one-day event. And so if you are going to be attracting people from all over the globe, I do think you should consider doing more than just a one-day event. And this is something that I'm going to consider for next year as well. I'm pretty sure we're going to do at least a two-day event in order to make it a little bit meatier. It gives me the opportunity to add more content, add more time to connect for my audience. And also I felt really rushed with a one-day event. I wanted to add more to the whole experience, but there's only so much you can do from 8 a.m. till like 6 p.m. in the evening. And also I didn't want to wear people out too much, which you can do if you try to jam pack it too much. So I think I would like to entertain the idea of a two-day event. And so if you're planning a live event as well, consider the fact that if people are traveling from far away, I think one day is just not enough. Just something to think about. Okay, so I went over the wins. I went over the misses. I want to remind you that next year I will be doing a live event. For sure, I will be doing it for my B-School bonus members. I'm going to think about going beyond that. I'm not too sure just yet. But if you're interested in Marie Forleo's B-School for 2018, make sure to get on the wait list so that I can tell you about all of my bonuses inside of my B-School bonus package, as well as alert you when B-School opens up again in the new year. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash B-School to get on that wait list. So there you have it. I hope you found my own experiences with live events valuable as you think about adding a live event to your own business. Here's the deal. I don't want you to get caught up on the number of people at your live event. I know I shared with you that I had around 100 people at my own live event, but you do not need that many people for your live event to be successful. In fact, it's smarter if you start out smaller so it's more manageable for you. And I promise you, your attendees will find it really valuable if it's a small intimate group because they get more time with you. So that could actually be a huge selling point if let's say you keep the live event to just 20 or 25 people. You could also turn your live event into more like a workshop where you actually work on different things. It's like they come to the event ready to get some work done with you. And so you teach them something, then they go do it. I love the live workshop style event as well. So that's something you might want to think about. In episode number 183, in case you missed it, I talked about planning your promotional calendar for the new year. 
And in it, I talked about the fact that you need to be very aware of how you plan to make money. You can't just say, I want to make $300,000 this year and not really plan out exactly how you're going to make that money. Doing a live event or a live workshop could be a great way to add revenue to the business. So something to think about. Also, I wanted to give you a little sneak peek of next week's episode. I will be interviewing one of my students around her experience of getting really specific with her niche. She actually believes that the riches are in the niches. You've probably heard that before. And she is a perfect example of that statement. So if you've been thinking about niching down, I know niche, niche, I I hate it. I don't know what to say. I'm going to say niche right now, but actually next week I'm saying niche the whole time. So there you have it. I'm going to give you the best of both worlds. So anyway, my special guest is going to get really specific about how she got really niche down in her business and what that meant for her revenue. So it's a really great opportunity to hear about someone else's story and how you can apply that to your own business as well. So I'll see you next week, episode number 190. Until then, have an amazing week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.